everybody with your host jessica and mickey yay what's up guys hey 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 um i've been watching a lot of weird shit but yeah. not not like it's not um i guess conceptually strange it's just like stuff that i've been finding on shutter and like netflix which are really bad um but also kind of cool like you know I was going through those like Shudder made horror movies, and so I watched The Beach House. Um, have you seen any of these movies? I saw one actually uh, last night, and I'll I'll talk about it when we. Okay, okay. So um, I watched Beach House. It's not. Um, it isn't terrible, but I feel like this is like some budget horror movie that just got thrown together. Um, fuck, what's that guy? Um, you know, it's about a young couple that is trying to work out their relationship and they go to his estranged dad's beach house and there's already a couple there. And that's not even, you know, the weird part of the story. Um, you know, it's more of like a color out of space. It, it reminds me of the creepy dream I had when I was little. So it like kind of bothered me, but you know, basically like a weird parasitic organism is like, like body snatching these people. Um, I did like parts of it. Parts of it were really cool. Um, some scenes were great. Uh, some were really scary. I mean, there's it's like, you know, the fog a little bit. There's just like this never ending fog and they're traveling through the city trying to figure out like, are they infected? Can they get away from it? What's happening to them? I don't know. It, it was cool. It was like fun to watch, especially since, you know, half the fucking um, country is unemployed. Like, what else are we going to do? <laughs> um, and then I watched Host. Host? Oh, I haven't seen that yet, and I want to, so no spoilers. Okay, so Host um, is a horror movie that's made entirely from Zoom meetings, which is a cool concept, especially since we're all kind of locked in, especially California. Some places are reopening, but Los Angeles is is unfortunately still pretty closed, with the exception of some things. Um, so I really, I, I really admire the concept. I mean, it's cool to see people creating in this atmosphere. Um, it is very paranormal investigation type of of movie but it's still really fun you know um and i like that they kind of updated it for 2020 um and so those are the two from shutter that i watched and then what i watched on netflix was um one bedroom which is like this weird horror cult movie about a young girl in los angeles trying to find a cheap apartment she finds this complex and everything looks good on the outside and they choose her but it's not it's a cult and it's basically it's basically a cult. Um, it's it's all right. I feel like this was like a Buffy episode that like never made it to that series, and then somehow got lost. And someone at Netflix found it and was like, "We're greenlighting this. Let's go. <laughs> we need content." Um, that's not to say it wasn't bad. It was a. I enjoyed it. It's just like these three movies are just like b- bottom tier watching for me. I guess you could say, which sounds shitty, and it kind of is, but whatever. But I like them. They're entertaining. Um, I watched this movie called Magic, which I had never seen before. It's 1978. With Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. Have you, have you seen it? Fuck yeah. Dude, I've never seen it before, and puppets really freak me out. So Anthony Hopkins and puppets are like, I just really hated it. The tone of his voice. I don't like... I don't like funny magic like that and like funny puppets. Like, honestly, that whole thing really disturbs me from the beginning. Um, it's actually a really great, creepy movie. Um, yeah. Fucking Anne Margaret's in it. Like, what a weird movie. Yeah, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it definitely traumatized a lot of people. I think by the time, like, <laughs> I could see I it. was like, 
Well, I think by the time I was old enough, like I saw it when I was in film school and it didn't hit me the way I'm sure it would have if it, like if I hadn't, if I, if, if I had been around when that movie had come out, you know, and I was able to understand movies when that movie came out and I saw it, I'd probably be terrified. But at this point, that movie has been so uh, picked at and picked apart and like um, borrowed from that. Like, I feel like it's good, but like, I'm more used to the movies that are um, inspired by it than I am of See, it, I, you know? I think that's why I admire it so much is, is sure. the opposite. It's like I'm watching it and then I'm like, oh, this is what this movie pulled from. Like, wow, this is directly from this. And I like that it plays a little bit with the audience through, through the entire movie. Like, you're like, oh, no, it's definitely this guy's crazy. And then sometimes you're like, wait, is he crazy? Or sure. is this fucking puppet alive? Um, but... I, I really liked it. it. It's creepy, and I've thought about it for a while, but I think, you know, again, like I said, puppets really disturb me. Um, and then for um, the last movie that I watched before I get into TV, um, I watched this Hulu-made movie. Hulu's putting out some great content um, called Palm Springs. I saw that. Yeah, it's definitely like a Groundhog Day, you know, type of movie. You're just, like, reliving the same day, except they're reliving um, a, a destination wedding. Um, and it's, it's actually really fucking funny. Um, Andy Samberg's in it. Um, and I can't remember her name, but she's from this, um, Black Mirror episode that I like a lot. Yeah, Human 30 Rock episode too. Um, Kristen Milotti or something like that. I can't remember Uh her. But I, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I liked it more than I thought I did. I would, but I didn't love it. If that makes any sense. I thought it was just enough. Like, just enough yeah. to be, like, a fun, like, actually funny r- rom-com, you know? Um, yeah. J.K. Simmons is in it, who I, I just love. He's just a yeah. maniac, and I, I think I love him in anything. He's just kind of great. Um, and then for shows, I watched uh, Cobra Kai. I watched the entire thing. Uh, yeah. It's just the right – I went, it's two seasons. Uh, we discussed this before, but it was – previously on youtube red and i think um that netflix just acquired the rights to it and put it up and it it's been like number one um the whole weekend which it's really great it's super watchable the episodes are short um it's just got the right amount of nostalgia with the updated jokes you know um they go back Mm. and forth a lot between like offensive comedy of the 80s and then also making fun of it and um and also being like this is not the way that people think anymore but Honestly, everyone is really great. Um, the second season gets a little bit more cheesy and a little bit more teeny, if that makes sense. Um, but it's still super fun. I had a really fun time watching it. And I, I'm looking forward to the third season for sure. Um, and then also I watched Lovecraft Country. Have you been watching it? Yeah, I was going to talk about that. I've only, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not caught up though, so don't I, – I really enjoyed it. I won't, I won't give away too much. I just feel like, so there's been three episodes so far that have been released. Um, and so I feel like that this episode, I don't know if it's filler. I, I didn't read the book, but it felt like a departure from the last two episodes. And so I'm trying to see how this loops its way back in. If there's like a main storyline or are we going to get these, you know, objective stories in each separate episode. So I'm not really sure. I, it's brilliant. Again, the acting is great. It, it has so many Easter eggs in it, like, and stuff that you forget and stuff that you find out. You're like, oh, this is um, directly from a movie with uh, Harry Belafonte and Dorothy Brainbridge, Dangerage? Fuck. Um, And then, you know, this is, I, someone pointed it out and I was like, holy shit, but there's like, you know, an Easter egg of Emmett Till and and there's just so many things that they really put into this show. Um, And it's, it's, 
really great and it flows really well. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how this is going to progress throughout, throughout yeah. the season. Uh, I think I really like great. I really like Jonathan Majors, who plays the, who's the lead in that. Yeah, um, he's Atticus. Like he was in Last Black Man in San Francisco, and I fucking loved him. Like he was my favorite part of that movie. And um, and as I was really, I'm really glad that like since I've watched that movie, which was you know a few months ago, um, I've been catching him in stuff. You know, where I'm like, oh man, he's in he's gonna be in Lovecraft on the country. That's awesome, and he's great in it. And he's he's my you know so far obviously he's my favorite part. Although I do love Courtney B. Vance, and I also like um. What, what's your name? Journey uh, Smollett. Yeah, um, great. I love. I mean, I like. I think the cast is great. I'm totally behind it. Um, I, I think it kind of takes away what makes Lovecraft as enjoyable for me is when he's describing these things. It's not that it's not any. It's not anybody's fault other than that fact that like what I like about Lovecraft is when you're like, you know, and then they saw this monster and it looked like. Well, we can't tell you what it looked like because it would drive you insane. It's like, oh, that's fucking rad. Whereas, like, how do you? show that you know so um like some of the monsters they show it, i'm like oh man i like it better when it was like in my imagination as opposed to like when they someone tried to conceptualize it kind of like um kind of i don't know kind of like color out of space where like in the book in the story color out of space it's the color is not something we've ever seen in any any spectrum color spectrum at all and like how do you show that in a movie you can't so yeah. you gotta cheat it you know and um I, like i said i i'm I'm interested to see where Lovecraft Country goes, but it it one of the things I love about Lovecraft was the the his way of cheating the audience of being like, well, I can't tell you what it is because it would fuck you up. There's all these there's all these weird shadow people in the country and and uh, but I can't tell you where I heard it from or I can't describe what they look like because it'll fuck you up, you know that type. Yeah, of Yeah, I don't thing. know. I don't know. I never really, honestly, been that much into Lovecraft. I mean, obviously, I understand his importance, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I think I'm a little, I think I'm a little biased. Um, yeah. And then also, I, I'm very much like, I don't like when people give away too much. And so I, I get like, oh, you would think that this is completely giving away the suspense of, of knowing. Um, but I kind of like that they they show everything up front, but it also adds to confusion. So I'm, I'm still waiting to see how they're going to piece back in that storyline and what they saw, because I think right now the characters are just in disbelief. Um, but it also pays homage to so many other things that um, has happened throughout our history, too. It's just like... Yeah crazy just filled with little with little things and then um yeah. i did i did watch um i rewatched black panther just because you know i kind of had to just felt like i had to pay my respects uh to chadwick you know uh since yeah. he passed away i think that you know this year has been really rough for like art and performance and actors and you know like uh or life in general yeah yeah, yeah. like everything just kind of goes away and so i think that one hit particularly hard um because he played such a meaningful character you know people shit on on marvel stuff all the time but they can suck a dick <laughs> yeah but okay, there was a fantastic movie. it was it was it was so good that remember i like i said before it was so good that i was pissed off in infinity uh infinity war uh came out like two months later i was like man talk about steely you know it's like i wish black panther had a full year to like bask in all the fucking like you know in all the glory mm-hmm. um before infinity war came and like took it all away but uh i still i, I think black panther is one of the, the best uh certainly the, one of the best superheroes of all time uh films of all time and, and yeah it sucked um and he died on jack kirby day which was you know celebrating the birthday of jack kirby who co-created the um, Black Panther character. Yeah. So 
it's like what a fucking weird day you know I know. And it, it's like almost serendipitous and, and sad at the same time, uh, yeah. you know, because like what a loss. But like the characters he played in the short time that um, he had is just like yeah. insane. So, uh, you know, had to had to pay my respects uh, to the king, you know, so. Of course. And then that's that's pretty much what I watch besides just like trash, like TV, which is just, you know, yeah. the worst of humanity. <laughs> I am. Um... I watched a little bit of a little bit of um, mixture of like old and new. I watched, um, yeah, I watched Lovecraft Country, and then I watched. Uh, I've been watching my wife and I've been watching Shit's Creek because it, um, it totally. It's nice to watch something that's not fucking insane, you know. Right now, like not super depressing or not super like heavy. It's just like it's light, it's fun, it's whatever. Um, and then, and I mentioned this before we started recording, but uh, you know, we have our our weekend or Friday nights our movie nights and I did a um, Slater or die double <laughs> feature of Christian Slater films of pump up the volume and gleaming the cube. And um, I, I, it's been over a, well over a decade since I saw pump up the volume. And I'm telling you that fucking movie holds up. Especially yeah. now it's so holds up. It's like, you're like, Oh man, like, it's funny. I read it. I was, I, I compile these little videos before I, um, you know, before the movies. And so I was digging through all these like Christian Slater interviews and like stuff like that. And I found one where he was talking about, he wa- he was like, he wanted to revisit uh of the volume. And I was like, yeah, I agree. I don't know why, like you couldn't do necessarily the same thing with like a pirate radio thing, because like the internet is pirate radio at this point. But um, definitely there's a lot of moments in that movie where I was like, fuck, nothing has changed since 1990, what? 91, 90, 90, 1990. Mm-hmm. It's 30 years later. We're still going through the same fucking bullshit. Um, uh, and then gleaming the cube goes without saying that movie is timeless. It is. <laughs> I, I fucking love that movie so much. And like, it's funny because the guy who wrote it, Michael Tolkien, he would go on to write the rapture and the player that was directed by Robert Altman. And um, so it's like, it's weird because like, my wife was watching, she had never seen Gleam in the Cube before, and she's like, oh my god, this is like, she was like, she was surprised at how much better it was than she thought it was going to be. Like, she thought it was going to be good in, like, the way I'm always like, no, like, well, I don't, I mean this, I don't know why anybody would even doubt it, but I'm like, no, Point Break's one of the greatest movies ever made. You know, she thought it was going to be fun in that type of way, where, like, I'm being so over the top about my praise for it, but she's like, no, Gleam in the Cube is actually a really, it's a pretty solid movie. I'm like, I know, it's fucking great. I think everybody should fucking revisit it. Um, <laughs> I watched a movie called Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, a uh, British, well, it was shot in, in, in England, but I believe a Spanish director. It's a weird um, post-Night Living Dead zombie film from 1974, I want to say. Um, that was pretty good. Um, I watched a really good copy of it. Synapse Films uh, did a really good transfer of it. Um, and then I watched, so there was three things that I watched that felt really fucking eerily timely. Yeah. Given the situation. One was Lovecraft Country where I was like, oh, like you're watching all these horrible things happen. Like in the first episode, you know, when they go to like, you know, the sundown town and like, you know, the race, the blatant racism they're seeing there. And you're like, oh, man, good thing we got past that. Oh, wait, we haven't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so definitely um, there's moments where you're just like, fuck, man, like this is really hitting pretty hard right now. Um, I watched a movie on Shutter called La Llorona, which is um a reimagining of the famous, um, um, like I want to, what was it? I guess Latino um, or Latin oh, folklore, like the weeping yeah. woman. Yeah, I never watched it because I was told it wasn't good. 
Uh, the one that no, no, not the one that not the one that was a spinoff of um, the Conjuring. This is just called La Llorona, and it's just it was a, it's a um, it was a, a foreign film that the Shutter got the distribution rights to, mm-hmm. um, and it's really good. It's very reminiscent to like Guillermo del Toro's like Devil's Backbone. Yeah, in the sense that it's like it's about like the po- the political environment is is very mu- is mo- is half the story. The other half is the supernatural. But like it's basically this um this dictator in Guatemala or this like colonel who like I, mean, I guess he's a dictator who like participated in the genocide of all these like native people, these native Mayans. Like he um basically his family they're basically trapped inside their house because like he's just he's just went to court and he's been found guilty. But he's like sick and he's old. And like everybody's gathering her outside of his place to like, you know, protest. And like it's a dangerous environment. So like his fan him and his family can't leave. And then basically they so they're trapped in this house and then they're being haunted. Mm-hmm. Um but it's really more about like the you know, the genocide and the like the 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 uh, of the the people that and as it's less of a super I mean it is very much supernatural uh horror film, but it's like also really about like real real world events and it was really but the idea of them being trapped inside i was like oh like this is very similar i, I at one point some character makes it like a comment about like oh i've been in here for three days i'm gonna go crazy and i laughed out loud i was like bitch you don't even know <laughs> um, and then the last movie i saw um and i saw this at the drive-in was um bill and ted face the music which um i've been really looking forward to for since they now, I mean, I've been looking forward to a Bill. Oh Ted yeah, I still haven't like, seen it. Um, it's, I mean, it's on. You can stream it, and it's. I know it's expensive, but it's worth it. I mean, when I say expensive, it's like twenty bucks to buy it. It's like fifteen bucks to rent it, which I guess is the the price of a movie ticket. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I fucking loved it. It was, um, it was everything it needed to be. Um, it's not reinventing the wheel, like. If you're a big, if you're a Bill and Ted fan, you're gonna fucking love it. Like if you're, if you've never been behind the Bill and Ted movies, you probably aren't gonna. This isn't gonna be the one that makes you go, "Oh, I've suddenly see this in a new light." It's not going. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, painful. they made Bill and Ted for Bill and Ted people, you know. And that's what I love about the movie is that, like, um, it's weird in a weird way. It feels cheaper than the other two, like mm-hmm. the budget. Uh, maybe it's because they use a lot more CGI and green screen, you know. Um, like there's a part where there's like there's scenes in the afterlife in this one because I mean if you've seen the trailer you know that like death is in it you know yeah and uh, the afterlife in Bogus Journey looks way way better than it does in this one but that being said I feel like everybody who was involved in this movie was involved because they wanted to be like there was no I don't think anybody was haggling over their like fucking salary you know what I mean like no one's like well yeah I'll do it but I want they're like yeah I'll do it fuck yeah you know um, and that's what, I, and you feel that like everybody involved in this movie is, is involved, um, because they want to be, um, I really like Samara weaving. I, she's really won me over in the past few years. I liked her in the babysitter. I did not like the movie, the babysitter, but I liked her in it. Yeah. I really liked her in mayhem and I liked her in, um, ready or not. And she plays, uh, Bill's daughter. Um, she's a standout for me. Uh, and it, it, it's, is it a passing the torch movie? Sure. Kind of. Absolutely. Um, but also it's like, it's definitely a Bill and Ted movie. Um, and I'm flat out going to tell you, man, the ending got me. I was like bawling. <laughs> and it was like, cause I mean, like you have to understand these, these movies, both excellent adventure and bogus journey came from a time period where there was that kind of idealistic, like, you know, I mean, we're talking about two, we're talking about a franchise that the whole idea is that these two characters unite the universe because, you know, 
be excellent to each other and party on, you know? And it seems like such a simplistic, like, oh yeah, that's that solves all of the problems. But like, you buy it in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You buy it in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. You know, you buy that, like, you know, if people were just fucking cool with each other and like, and treat each other with respect, we could all actually fucking get along really well and everybody would be happy and like the world would be a better place. And it comes from that type of like legit idealistic, like some people would say naive, but that's what I'm trying to say is that like, to me, it just, it's, it was sincere and sweet. And, and I love that it comes from that, like part of like, Hey, just fucking be cool with each other. That's it. You know, like don't complicate it. Just be fucking cool. Like there's no reason why we have to, to fight. And so what I was saying is just that like, it, it just comes from a really legit place of like hope and, and, um, and just trying to be, you know, idealistic. And I, I really like that. And it really hit home. And there's like, also there's just, there's something about the end of the movie, which I saw coming from the fucking trailer. Like when I saw the trailer, I was like, I know exactly how this movie is going to end. And um, it, exa- it ended exactly how I thought it would be. And I didn't care. I was yeah. so happy. I didn't feel ripped off. I didn't feel like angry. I was just like, no, that is exactly what I wanted this movie to, how I wanted to end. And, um, it was wonderful and I loved it. And um, I recommend seeing it. And I would just, I I'm a big fan of the fact that like, since nothing's getting a theatrical release this year, aside from the drive-in, that means that <laughs> Bill and Ted face the music ha- has to be a serious contender at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. what, I mean, unless they fucking change the rules, which go fuck themselves if they do. I don't know. We- I don't know what they're going to do. Cause some cities are open, but not like, not Los Angeles. I I don't think New York is, or they're preparing to. So it's I don't know. I honestly don't know how they're going to. I think we're getting to a point where we're going to start opening up soon. I think um, I definitely um, I've been getting the vibe that like California is going to start opening. Cal- up yeah, California has, but LA County is still fucking tight. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've a lot. We also have more people than most per capita than most places. So. Um, yeah, we'll see yeah. how that goes. <laughs> fucking people, just put on your goddamn masks and we'll be, we'd be okay, you know? Go fucking hang out. Just wear your goddamn masks. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, of, well, pandemic, viruses spreading, um, we, uh, we, uh, we, we kind of dug back into David Cronenberg territory. And um, I don't think we've actually done a David Cronenberg film, have we? Oh, have we? No. Have we? Did we? No, I don't think so. I mean, it was kind of like that one year that Beyond Fest had like the whole Cronenberg collective. It felt like wrong to do one of the movies um, for some reason. But yeah, maybe we haven't done a Cronenberg film. Maybe because he's just, you know, he like he's one of the big, strange, you know, horror genre directors, you know, Um, him, Lynch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So maybe that's why we haven't, but I actually, you know, came across this and I I saw that it, you know, I was like, oh, I haven't seen this one. And it's funny because it's it's definitely one of his older works. Yeah. Um, I think it was his like first big movie, wasn't it? Um, So he had done two other feature, and by feature, I mean over 45 minutes, like 60 minute long movies. One was called um, Stereo and the other one was called Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future, the synopsis, if you guys haven't read it, I, I suggest you go to IMDb and read it because it's really fucking strange. Yeah. So the movie we watched was Shivers, a.k.a. They Came From Within, which is I think is a better title. But and another one, right? Wasn't Didn't it have like an also third movie oh, title? Oh, sure. But that's the only, those are the only two. Like whenever I tell I see that movie, like kind of like when you read like um, when you read like old magazines or old print, 
of when you know like you know like uh, i think i have um a creature features movie book where like they refer to it a review to it as um they came from within i'm like oh that's interesting you know or like i think psychotronic movie guy refers to it as they came from within and not shiver so he those are the only those are the two names that i always hear but oh the parasite murders that's the that's right that's yeah right. Um, but yeah, it's funny how some films just have like seven different names depending too on which country they're shown in. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you want to give a quick, uh, rundown yeah. of what the film is. So what the film is real quickly, um, by the way, this was a Canadian tax break movie. So yeah. no, but was, I mean, it's kind of like, it's interesting because in the seventies and in the early eighties, especially there were like, there was a lot of, um, movies that were made out of, uh, from like this Canadian tax break. And like, it was great. Like, the only proviso was that you had to like, you could have like an American actor in the movie, but you had to have a mostly, I think there was like a percentage of this is the amount of Canadian actors you have to have. This is the amount of Canadian crew you have to have. But the cool thing was that because it was a tax break for so many people, there were so many weird fucking movies getting made. Cronenberg just happened to be the one that was the most famous, like um, uh, Shivers being one. Um, I'll go into the other ones, but uh, this was a movie he made with Ivan Reitman producing, by the way, one of the producers. Um, but, uh, Shivers is a movie that takes place in one of those, like, kind of like apartment buildings. It's like high rise apartment buildings that like basically are kind of like an entire city and put into, put into one building. So like the building's got a grocery store, it's got a doctor's office, it's got a dentist's office, it's got, um, restaurants, you know, um, it's all in this one building and this parasite gets introduced. There's like, you know, it's basically a mad scientist creates a parasite and then, you know, can't control it. And the parasites, the, he created the parasite because he felt like man was being too rational. So the idea was to create a parasite that would basically remove the rationalization out of all you know, human being. And it, um, it wasn't just the rationalization. It made them into cr- sex crazed zombies. Yeah. Well, he wanted the world to turn to a giant orgy, but yeah, like, also <laughs> is the world ready to turn to a giant orgy? We can't even, you know, distinctly a giant is what he was like oh this is you know hedonism is a way to uh to ecstasy (laughs) exactly right yeah um, i think um it's funny because i think when this released it really didn't do well um i you know the reviews are really bad people were calling it the worst movie ever made um i guess cronenberg got kicked out of his apartment because of it people were mad that they used taxpayers funding for this you know it's kind of (laughs) and and then it became you know more of a cult movie because of you know the movies that he produced from this but i thought I think it's so funny watching it. I'm like still unsure how I feel about it, but I can also see how like every other horror, you know, movie uh, that came after it pulled from it. So I'm in that weird stage of like, yeah, I admire it, but also like, this is, I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) Well, it's weird because he pulls from like, he's pulling from like traditional horror movies, like night of living dead, but he's taking it to a whole new direction where it's like, um, I, I know what you're saying. And I, I, yeah, I, he's glorifying, um, you know, um, and it's weird because I, I read a bunch of quotes, especially at the time in the 70s. You know, it's weird that you read old quotes because people were just fucking wild back then and saying whatever they wanted, um, whether it be offensive or whatever. But, um, you know, he was quoted saying something like, yeah, I love sex, but in the way that I love syphilis and like how it spreads and how it metastasizes, you know, like something like that. And people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, well, I mean, he's a he's- Um, but I did, I did like how, um, you know, you have, especially in the seventies and exploitation films and like people were just so afraid of feminism and and sexual identity, um, that he kind of turned the tables on it, which is really great. Um, but it's also like 
conceptually kind of bad in this movie the way it's the way it's done i i kind of think it's all really funny like there are some points where i laughed out loud but i'm not entirely sure that it was supposed to be funny i see it's funny you say all this because i'm of the opposite direction i i actually think this is one of his more terrifying movies um <laughs> and and i mean like so i have this this book i'm showing you because i know oh, where yeah cronenberg on cronenberg very yeah. brilliant yeah, and uh, yeah, right. It's just a collection of interviews with him. But one of the things I liked is that, you know, I think one of the reasons why the movie does make people feel uncomfortable is because he says it in in the you know in an interview he says, "I empathize or I sympathize with the with the parasite." Yeah, you know, he's that's who he's rooting for. He's not rooting for the people. He's Which explains for- you to a T. Like if anyone's listened to our other episodes, you can hear Mickey constantly identify and sympathize with. <laughs> The bad guy in the movies. I, hey, I think it's important that you you create your your have your antagonist be um, have certain qualities that make you empathize. But um, but this is different because this is like I I think I agree with you. There's parts where you know, they're funny, but then I don't know what it was. But like um, I have a weird history with this movie because like when I first moved to LA, you couldn't find this movie on DVD anymore. It was out of print. The only way you could find it was like a year like a, a like a region B dvd you know and um amoeba actually sells import dvds and i remember buying it and then trying to figure out a way to make my dvd player at the time a um region free dvd player so i could watch it you know because i was like i was i was like i'm going to fucking watch this movie and i've never seen it i've always wanted to and um at first i was like uh it's it's okay it wasn't great and then i watched it again and i realized that some parts that i thought were like I kind of glossed over. I actually found terrifying. Like there's a part where, and I'm sure this is one of those parts that you thought was, was funny. Um, I actually think this part's horrifying, but there's, there's this lady, she's in the laundry, she's in the laundry area and she gets, obviously she gets infected. And then later on, there's a guy bringing food up to like, he's like a weird, like, I mean, today he would be a hipster, but he looks like a, a fucking waiter type dude. And you know, Oh my God. Yeah. And the lady, she like opens the door and she's like covered in like garish makeup and she just keeps repeating, I'm hungry for love. I'm hungry for love. And she's like groping at him. And I'm like, it, that's what freaks me out is that when like everybody turns into these weird sex maniacs, it makes me go like, whoa, that's it's the idea of it is like, oh man, like, yeah, it sounds great. Right. Everybody's into like, everybody's a sex maniac, but the reality is kind of terrifying, hmm. um, which is what I think I liked about it. I don't think, I think, don't think Cronenberg finds it horrifying at all. I think he's like, fuck yeah. Like everybody's a fucking sex maniac. And it's like, there's a scene where that happens in the elevator between that weird, yeah, you know, weird guy that I'm like, holy shit, you know, um, it's pretty there's, fucked up. And also, but there's like, I get it. it and this is one of his first, I mean, hit closer to his first, you know, films that he's done. So you could tell like, there's just some spots that take too long or are missing. Like, you know, my problem always is like how women are shown. <laughs> And there, and I do like that part, especially with uh, her like a hungry for love. And I'm like, oh my God. But you know, yeah. there's a part where like a man breaks into uh, one of the women who's this nurse working with this doctor, um, breaks into her apartment and tries to take advantage of her. And she has a fucking uh, fork for meat and she just won't stab him. And I'm just like, stab him right away. Like, yeah. why are you taking so long to stab this guy? And she finally does, but it like, they're just tussling and I'm like, you have it. Just, <laughs> just stop this guy. Like what the yeah. hell's going on? Um, and then that elevator scene, which, you know, obviously the mother saw something and knew that there was something wrong. This guy's just like 
holding a pie and like mashing it in his hand and eating it, which is all disturbing in itself. But you know, that would have been, that would have been it. I would have kicked him out and then pressed the button, you know, like, I'm not waiting for him to enter. Okay. I know, but I, 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 you and I always argue about this, but I feel like it's in the moment when you're in that moment, you're so like, I can't fucking believe this is happening that you freeze up or you don't, you're trying to process this crazy shit that's going on. Same thing with my wife. We were watching alien. She's like, when they're like, okay, we're all going to split up and look for the alien. She's like, why are they doing that? I'm like, well, you and I know that it becomes this big thing, but right now they're looking for something that's like a foot off the ground. So why wouldn't they split up? Because like we have the luxury of knowing that we're watching a horror movie. Whereas when you're in the situation, you're like, and I say this because I walked into somebody's fucking apartment, a complete stranger's because I wanted to do a fucking vote. And it was in that moment where I went, I just did exactly what I, I what you what if I was watching this, I'd scream, What are you doing, you fucking idiot? But that's what people do. Um or at least that's what I do. Maybe that's why I sympathize with people because I'm like, man, I know what happened if I got in that situation. I would I would be like, I'd, start, I'd curl up into a ball, start crying and ask if I can see their goat. Yeah, like, uh, what's up, man? You want to eat that pie in here? Like, yeah, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> You're getting all over yourself. Here, use my shirt to wipe your face. Um, I know. I, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, the, it's the, the parasite reminds me, too, of brain damage. I mean, obviously, it had a similar look to it, except yeah. brain damage had a face. Yeah. Which is I mean, they're, they're, they're weird shit dicks. Yeah, they are. It's like, oh, the bathroom scene, I think, was, or the tub scene was more, I was like, oh, you don't notice that thing in there? Delaney looks like a turd. Like, yeah, in the bathroom. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I actually, I, I was going to talk about this. So, um, I actually, one of the things I really like about this movie uh, is the cast. Um, yeah. I like Joe Silver. Joe Silver is the guy who is, he's the kind of like, I, I he's kind of a goofy, like, he's like, he, he's the scientist that like is, going to try to help the main character like take care of this but he just he seems so likable um he's also in rabbit cronenberg's rabbit um and he's also in um he's the voice of the creep uh, in creep show too um oh. i really love i like lynn lowry lynn lowry plays the nurse mm-hmm. that you were talking about the one who's with the fork she was in um i drink your blood and george romero's the crazies i really like her a lot um i love i mean and i think this goes without saying i love barbara Steele. Um, yeah. she, she plays Betts, the neighbor who like, it was in the bathtub when she did and completely doesn't see that she's a, a British actress who, uh, famous for being in Mario Bava's black Sunday. She was also in Fellini's eight and a half. Um, uh, she's in Piranha, Joe Dante's Piranha. Um, I love her. There's just something about her that like, is so like, there's moments where I find her to be absolutely terrifying in movies. And then there's other moments where I find her to be absolutely sexy in movies yeah she kind of reminds me it she makes me feel how like isabella rossellini makes me feel like it's just like this weird vibe like i definitely see that too in in the characters that she played and especially in this movie yeah and and one of my favorite stories and this is from that cronenberg book is that when you know the lead actress or not one of the lead actresses sue petrie who may or may not be dead according to the internet half people think that she's dead the other half um IMDb doesn't think so. They haven't updated her fucking uh, information, but um, she plays the, the the wife of this guy who looks like Adam Driver and Howard Stern had a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who I'm talking about too. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, you know, I wrote him down in the notes as not Adam Driver, um, <laughs> but Sue Petrie. Um, she was uh, she was she she'd been in a few like uh, films, uh, Canadian films before she was Canadian actress, like some like some softcore stuff and like. But she really wanted to do this movie. And at one point, though, she has a crisis and she pulls Cronenberg aside. And she's like, I can't cry on camera. And he's like, what? 
And she's like, I wanted to do this movie. Oh, so yeah. I could show like a crown camera, but I can't do it. Like, I, I, and she starts getting worked up. And like, if you see this movie, her character spends 95% of it fucking crying. So the thing, the system that she came up with was that, you know, they go around the corner. She puts onions, she grates onions in her eyes. And she has Cronenberg slap her fucking hard in the face. And then she comes out cry- and she's crying. They do the scene, whatever. And at first he's like, what the fuck? And then it got to the point where everybody got so used to it that even the makeup woman's just like, hey, uh, bear in mind, the, it's starting to show. So just keep that in mind. I won't be able to cover it up anymore. But other than that, you know, whatever. And so Barbara Steele, it's her first day. And she's supposed to shoot that scene where she's like, she passes the parasite from like herself to, to Sue Petrie. It's a pretty sexy scene, actually. and But Sue Petrie comes in crying. That's how she is supposed to enter the scene. So, you know, before they roll camera, Cronenberg, like, goes behind the, the around the corner with her, and they just hear slapping. And <laughs> then they come in, and Barbara Streel looks horrified. And he's just like, he calls action, and they shoot the scene. And then afterwards, when he calls cut, Barbara Streel leaps up and grabs him and basically lifts him off the ground and fucking just chews him out. Like, how fucking dare you? I've worked with some of the greatest directors. I've never seen somebody treat somebody like that. Like, what the fuck do you think? And he's, like, begging her to, like, he's like, you don't understand. Like, I, I, she needs me. She asked me to do this. Like, I'm doing this because whatever. Like, she needs to cry. She can't cry. She needs me to do this. And I don't know what to do. And, and she's like, show me how hard you're slapping her. And uh, so he, like, slaps her arm. And then she's like, okay, do I have any, do I have any scenes where I cry? And that was how they left it. And it was just, like, a weird, like, moment where she was like you know totally like beating the shit out of david cronenberg and it makes her even all the more hotter yeah um, i i heard that story um you know through the internet <laughs> but it yeah. made me like her more and I'm, that's what i'm looking for man where's that character going against these fucking crazy sex zombies okay right exactly but it's like thing is you don't have i mean if you want to make like a horror movie where you have like somebody like getting scared you're not going to have barbara Steele be your lead woman who's because you know that she's just slapping slapping everybody out of her way she's like get Um, the fuck out of here yeah and then you know and not not pay attention to anything um uh there's some there's like really some really interesting quotes you know especially the parasites where she's like the nurse uh woman who gets infected and he's trying to <laughs> Dude, this is one of my favorite oh she's my like God, explaining what's great. going on but she's like you know death is erotic and like all this stuff and you're like wow how profound but then it starts to come out of her mouth and the doctor just straight up punches it back in there it's i fucking died how could you not laugh at that I know he's actually the the guy, the lead character, the doctor, which I don't even know his name, is the, my least favorite part of the movie. It's yeah, he's all so the dull. Well, he's the just doctor's he's so dumb. Well, I mean, you know, you're talking about like characters that you're like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah, basically, he just he he's kind of fucking useless. There's mo- moments where he should be like, you know, there's the one part where he fucking shoots not Howard Stern, not Adam Driver, and then he tosses the gun as if the gun's never going to be oh. useful. Exactly. You know, he he like, shoots it three times like, tops. About this movie, but I also find this movie very strangely um, uh, eerie. You know, old people turning into sex monsters freaks me out, man. Um. Yeah. the The doctor shoots it three times. That's fair. Yeah, three times, and then he throws the gun on the floor, and you're like, okay, like did did you not need that anymore, bro? Like, there's a whole building full of fucking people. Um. The uh, some another another scene that I thought was kind of funny was uh, he's out on the balcony and he 
de- like definitely on purpose just like spits out like or throws up this parasite onto these old women passing by and it's such a weird scene because this old woman's like it was a bird like ah and i'm like what is the purpose of this um uh, it was, yeah. it's, and there's a lot of weird scenes with old people. I just, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure entirely what I thought about it. Like, obviously, I, I admire it. It's better than I could ever do with being, you know, one of my first full feature movies. But fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Well, I mean, it's it's weird because he's also he's still trying to like. I feel like Cronenberg will eventually go and become a different type of horror movie director where he's not. But I feel like right now he's still trying to kind of work within the confines of a horror of which traditionally a horror movie while still trying to be David Cronenberg. I think by the time we get past the brood, he's kind of locked into this. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not making horror movies anymore. I'm making David Cronenberg films, you know, Um, like Videodrome is definitely one of those movies where it's like, it's not, it's not following any of the rules that have been set before it. Whereas like, I, and I love these movies, but you know, Shivers, Rabbit and the brood all still feel like they're kind of, they're still, they still feel like they kind of are, are playing within a certain set of rules that horror has already established. Yeah. And, and there's still, there's something about those movies that are still very much um, unique and very much Cronenberg, but it's still, he's still playing with that. And like, I, I like that. Um, I will say this. I think his first three movies are not, well, those movies I just mentioned, Shivers, Rabbit and, and uh, the Brood are his scariest. I, lo- I, don't I don't think know. they're as bad. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't know. I mean, um, Dead Ringers, like, made such a huge impact on me. And I I think that that's his, one yeah. of his scariest. It's, like, definitely the most, like, drama-filled um, horror movie, basically. I mean, Jeremy Irons is fucking brilliant in it. So, uh, yeah. you know, that movie really got me. And I, I, I do agree with what, you know, you, you're saying is, like, it took him a little while to find, like, his niche and everything and then that's just been it it's like his standard the Cronenberg yeah. standard um right it, but I mean like there's moments that like in the shivers that feel like they they work in the movie but they also if you look at like his his body of work you're like that's a weird moment that only seems like you would see in any other horror movie just not a Cronenberg like you know when he's running out of the you know he, he escapes the pool area and he's running up the grass and you just start seeing everybody walking up yeah emerging and it's like, oh, that's a great scene in somebody else's zombie movie. It's just weird coming out from a Cronenberg film. I love it. I think it's, I actually think it's creepy, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like he's still experimenting. At one point he stopped. Yeah. He said he's, but at one point he doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's not going to try to make a movie that you've seen. He's going to try to make a movie he wants to, and he's still trying to do that with, with shivers and rabbit yeah. and, and, you know, and the brood. But like, I don't feel like he's got, he, now at this point, by the time we hit Videodrome and Scanners and all that, he is confident. He is like, oh no, I'm not making a horror movie. I'm making yeah. a me movie. And I think that's fucking, and, and and like I said, Videodrome is, I think it's, I don't think it's scary. I think it's, I think it's, personally, it's Molly, that and The Fly are my two favorite Cronenberg films. I think they're his two best films, um, but they're not scary. The Fly doesn't scare me. I know I'm supposed to be scared. I'm not scared. You know, I cry at the end because I'm like, uh of Um, course again there's mickey um yeah i don't know the the fly is definitely one of the grossest movies there's a lot of bodily yuckiness um it depends on what your view of scary because obviously conceptually what is scary to most people um dead ringers wouldn't be wouldn't apply but to me it's like terrifying at the end it's but it's really cool and, and definitely like this weird weird seductive type of movie um yeah i i do really like it but i also don't and 
it is for the reasons of, of both. Like I admire it and I see what he was trying to do, but like, is it the best movie ever made? No. If I saw it in 1975, would I be like, this movie is shit. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't think you would, because that's what I was going to point out is that like, you have to understand, you know, I think one of the reasons why Cronenberg became such a success in, uh, you know, with, with, in Canada with shivers and rabbit and the brood and everything was because, um, and I love this movie, but like, uh, you know, Canadian horror movies weren't like up. It wasn't, they really hit their yeah. stride in the eighties, but in the seventies, you got black Christmas, which is great. And it's the proto slasher film. It's the, it's the one before everything, but look at a movie like black Christmas by Bob Clark and look at a movie like shivers where they're like, they're both horror movies. They're two different beasts though. You know? And I think shivers was kind of like, Whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. Horror movies getting bad reviews is not, is nothing new. Horror movies get bad reviews all the fucking time because people are a bunch of fucking assholes and they can't accept the fact that like, you know, horror has got its place in the universe. And um, a lot of critics who shit on a horror movie are, are they've already disliked the movie before the credits have even started. Yeah. You know, the movie has even began. So I'm not, whatever. I, I'm just, what I'm thinking is within the horror community, I think if I saw shivers, or they came from within 1975, whatever. And I, the only other stuff I had seen was like these like British Canadian hybrids and then black Christmas. I would have been like, I have never seen anything like this before. This is fucking, you know, except for the people, except for those few moments where it's like a zombie movie. Um, but I'd be like, wow, weird sex monsters. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. You know, I think it's why Cronenberg is, he's still, it's still very much unique even then, you know, it is. Yeah. I mean, it is. again i feel like this movie just proves that like you said he's trying to find his own um but he's not quite there yet but it's still like cool enough and influential enough to be like you know watchable for sure um right there's a a voice there we just don't know what it is interesting i'm you know like definitely i think people should watch it just to like have different views on like your favorite you know directors and and where they came from too uh but yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't pick it out again to watch it <laughs> out of out of his body of work, I, you know. Like I'd probably be like, okay, we should watch this or this or this. Like Existence, I I really loved too, and I saw it way later. But I feel like once he gets into the eighties and and early nineties, it's pretty fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, I I hadn't watched to be honest when you suggest this. I hadn't watched it. There was one. I think it was a Halloween night. Shit, like three or four uh-huh. years ago. My wife had passed, had gone to sleep at like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And I just kept watching stuff and I just put on, as I have it and I put on shivers and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I, I do enjoy it. It's not my favorite. Um, I certainly love, I, I, I definitely think that Cronenberg is easily one of those directors that there was a certain point in time where every movie he did was better yeah. than the one before it. I think that for me at a certain point, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Like, I think when we get past the 90s and we get into the 2000s, like, after Eastern Promises, I feel like it starts going, like, I still enjoy his stuff, but I'm not like, oh, wow, this is better than... I know, I should um, I should rewatch whereas, like, his more later stuff, like Cosmopolis, I saw in the theater and never saw again, but I feel like I should rewatch it. Um, what's his other one? Maps mm-hmm. of the Stars. I liked it. Uh, but again, yeah. I think I just saw it once and then hadn't, but as far as, like, some of the others, I've seen, like over and over and over and over again through my life. So I do feel like I should go back and watch some of his later stuff because it, it could give me a different perspective now. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, you know, again, like shivers is like, it, you see the voice, but you don't know where it is yet. Rabid. You start to feel it more. You're like, Oh man, you start, there starts to be like, you start to go, Oh, this feels like a David Cronenberg film. And then the, by the time you hit the brood, you're like, Oh, 
this is David Cronenberg. And then by the time we hit like scanners, video drum, dead zone is kind of like a weird, like anomaly because he it's based off of a Stephen yeah. King book, but like, you know, definitely scanners and, and um, video drum and the fly and like dead ringers and even naked lunch. Those are all, you know, they all become these weird existential slash body horror films that you're like, Oh, this is a David Cronenberg film. Like I can't imagine anybody else making this movie. And I do think it starts with shivers. I don't think we're just, it's not fully realized yet. And I, I, but I love seeing that. It's like seeing a baby and you're like, man, when this baby grows up, it's going to be fucking rad. But like right now it's just this cute thing that like, you know, does one thing that you're like, Whoa, that's, I've never seen a baby do that before. Like it's, you know, I guess that's a Um, good way to think about it. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is his, his baby. I mean, look, some babies are fuck ugly, and you're just like, you know, I, I mean, don't care how you're gonna I think you're, you're yeah, be. I I don't think this baby was like exactly cute, but it probably smiled a few times, and you're like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it smiled a few times, or it like lifted its hand up, and it looked like it was getting you the middle finger, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, you know? I do, I did uh, really like it. So, like, I mean, I liked it in the way yeah. of I admired it, but I, I felt a lot yeah, of it exactly. was silly. Yeah, I get you. But that's me. Okay. Well, I, I I, I, I was gonna say, old people wanting to to rape everybody is it's freaky to funny. me. So I mean, it, funny. It's funny because that scene directly. Rem- so if you've ever been to Amsterdam, there's a sex museum. It's like in the middle of the city, um, and they have these weird animatronic um, displays. And one of them is like this old kind of. It looks exactly like her because her face is painted up all all crazy. Except this lady in the animatronic scene is naked. So when you walk by it, she like runs out and tries to grab you, and she's sex starved. It is really fucking funny uh, that they're so closely related. Like either the sex museum borrowed this from uh, Cronenberg, or he was in Amsterdam one time in the seventies and was like, "This is what this is what I got to do." <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, all I know is that um, that motherfucker looks just like Adam Driver and Howard Stern had a baby. I just can't get over it. That weird dude. I just I hate him. I um, also, I would love, yeah. though, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, actually, that looks like a cool complex. Like, I would love to order dinner and just, like, have it be brought up like that. Like, this is how rich people in the hills live. Like, I went to the Chateau before, and listen... I found out that most celebrities don't cook and they just order food from the Chateau and this Chateau delivers it to their house in the hills. Like I've never heard of that before. And I was like, Oh, this is how rich people live. Like how nice. I agree. A building where you can, everything you need is. Yeah. We don't ever have to leave. You know, movie theater, doctors, dentists, grocery store. That's it. Never. I'll never leave again. Oh yeah. A pool. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, like, it's funny because if there wasn't a pandemic happening in the building, that would be the yeah. safest place to be in during a pandemic. Yeah. You know, like living in the mall and, uh, and then. Oh, and career opportunities. Oh, yeah. Calling and Frank Wally, I know. But yeah, I know it, it was a fun, it was a fun watch. And, and it honestly, like, was cool to see his earlier work because I just hadn't seen anything like as early as this before. Yeah, well, it's uh, and if you get a, get the, get the Criterion for Scanners and the Brood, it has one of them has stereo and the other one has Crimes of the Future, so you can actually see his. Oh yeah, and that. I want to say um, thank you to everyone who's reached out to me to tell me that I'm right. Oh my thank God. you so much. Um, if you want to continue to do that, please feel free, and I will show Mickey um, because that that's my favorite no, it's thing. Okay. To do. The ninety. <laughs> The 90s sucks. I mean, I just can't get over it. Um, and I actually, I want people to watch this movie and then tell me how right they think I am, you know, but uh, whatever. We'll, uh, we'll, only time will tell. But you know what I say? Like, I, I look, 
it's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay. Um, we'll see. History will, <laughs> will, will, like I said, history. History is written by the winners, and that's who's a. Uh, that's what I am. So, um, True, truly, both of us. Yeah, truly. Yeah, I, I, that snappy one-liner that I just uh, threw yeah. out there. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back uh, in, a, in a few weeks with a new episode, and uh, I'm uh, looking forward to yeah, what we're watching next. Guys. Bye. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. If you think you're not afraid of the dark, if you think you have a strong stomach, if you feel nothing can shock you, if you say you don't scare easily, if you believe you've seen everything, then prepare yourself for a motion picture that takes you beyond fear, beyond your wildest nightmares and brings you face to face with terror beyond the power of priest or science to exercise. What are they? Raging demons from another world? Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed? Or incarnations of absolute evil? They possess men, women, and children drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. No one is safe from them. No power on earth can stop them. The only escape is death. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist.